Wyatt Earp and his brothers, Morgan and Virgil, have left their gunslinger ways behind them to settle down and start a business in the town of Tombstone, Arizona. While they aren't looking for trouble, trouble soon finds them when they become targets of the ruthless Curly Bill and his cowboy gang. Now, together with Wyatt's best friend, Doc Halliday, the brothers must pick up their guns once more to restore order to a lawless land. This is Spoilers. Let's uh let's go around and uh, introduce where you're from and uh, your favorite character from the movie. Uh, we'll start over with uh, since this was Stevie's request. It's not my request. You picked this. Movie. It's your movie. It's your it's movie, movie Jordan. Don't pawn it off. Yeah, don't it. pawn this movie off. I mean, oh, I'm not ready. There was a Tombstone <laughs> chant last podcast. There was. And it wasn't started by me. That's for goddamn sure. So Stevie. Uh, I'm Stevie, uh, recording from Mishawaka, and I probably have to say my favorite character is the main character, uh, which is uh, Wyatt Earp. Nice. I'm uh, Pappy, recording the last podcast from Minneapolis, and I have to also give it up to Wyatt Earp. Kurt Russell is the best part of this movie by far. Give it up like Josephine. This is Vince out in the Mile High City, best city in America, possibly the world. Um, favorite character's got to be uh, Guns and Holsters, Girls on Shoulders, Doc Holiday. Polka is an honest man's game. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Jordan from North Carolina. Um, you guys are all fools because easily the best one-liner in the game is from the best character, who is Johnny Ringo. Uh, so, smells like somebody died. <laughs> <laughs> Such a low bluff on that quote. That was awesome. Johnny Ringo. Oh, <laughs> um, Should, all right. Shouldn't so there be somebody they, else on this podcast? Too, wait, or? here comes the Mikey. <laughs> Mikey dropped out. What? Right. Well, TBD, we might have Money Mike joining in the podcast later. Don't be surprised if he. <laughs> Pray to Harambe for Mike. <laughs> what happened to Mikey? <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, he'll come back in eventually. <laughs> Dead air. Nah. So, the number six most popular movie of 1993, according to IMDb, with an ensemble cast, including, where's my list? Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Charlton Heston, Thomas Hayden Church, Billy Zane, Stephen Lang. Skinny Val Kilmer. (laughs) Titanic. And and Billy Bob Thornton when he was fat. Dude, he was fat as fuck. It should be noted (laughs) Val Kilmer when he was skinny. So, um, old movie. Skinny Val Kilmer is a good Val Kilmer. Can I get? Can I? Should we just start with everybody's thoughts? I don't. I don't know how this goes. I don't know how to host. Hey, go ahead. Your joke your yeah. I thought Pappy <laughs> liked this movie the most, so let's start with Pappy. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, I guess I'll kick it off. So, like the first half of this movie, I thought that this was one of the best movies we ever spoiled. I was really into it. I was taking notes, and I just kept going and going. <laughs> And going. And I didn't even like know who the main bad guy was anymore. I, I had a lot of fun, but Christ almighty, this movie just needed to end. Maybe. I don't think it needed to end, and we'll probably touch on this, but apparently the director was fired halfway through, and it kind of felt like two pieces of a movie. I think I said earlier that the first 80 minutes were pretty freaking cool. 
you just you, you got you got on the side of uh, the Ert brothers as well as Holiday, and uh, they were kind of Johnny Law knocking on the door, um, but it just kind of went nowhere. And then all of a sudden, uh, Wyatt Earp went on a montage killing spree for the last fifty minutes. So it didn't really make sense. I mean, it kind of made sense, and then they kind of tried to tie it up with a love story uh, with uh, Wyatt Earp, Kurt Russell, um, getting finally together with Josephine Marcus, who was played by Dana Delaney, um, as kind of a right-off-into-the-sunset love story, but it didn't really make sense. Uh, The the cowboy part of this, uh, as well as the Western, um, just overall badass macho kind of movie was it was cool the script had so many holes uh it might have been swiss cheese um but yeah as far as like ending (laughs) as cheesy as that expression right there i I don't know if it like needed to end i just think it needed no i i guess maybe yeah maybe needed to end was the bad a bad way to put it but like to me the conclusion was so unsatisfying where they're Dancing in the snow in my new hometown, <laughs> in Vince's current hometown, Denver, and they were not in Denver. Yeah, they were. I think. How do you know that? I don't think. I they think were that in was Denver, part of the voiceover. I might have missed that then. Anybody else? I missed that as well. I missed that as well. Because <clears throat> there's no way that's Arizona. But either way, yeah, they're <laughs> dancing in the snow, and it's like, oh yeah, his wife died of a drug overdose shortly after leaving town. Everyone, it's like they just like I don't know. They try to fit everything into the last five minutes to tie up all the stories well stevie i think you were the one that was the most privy to the background and how this movie was made um can you fill? do you have any any uh insight to fill us in on kind of how this i think it it seems a little bit choppy a lot of the storylines are uh-huh. kind of cut short yes okay previous so Give it- <laughs> i'll try to do my best to explain why pappy hated this movie so much but uh just throw out there it's my favorite western ever made but long story oh, short, God, it's good. <laughs> it's not what this is a horrible western pap. It's no good, the bad and the ugly. I like it more than good, bad and the ugly. High noon, few dollars more, magnificent seven. It's my favorite. But um, you could call this good. Then it got bad, and then it got ugly. So honestly, the good, <laughs> bad, ugly title would be perfect for how this <laughs> film went on. It wouldn't be bad. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, it was ugly as hell. When this movie was initially greenlit. It was supposed to be like a three to a three and a half hour, like sweeping epic, like probably an intermission, probably in the theaters. And then somewhere either in early production or pre-production, the original director, I think his name's Kevin Jar or Kevin Yari, I don't know how you pronounce his name, was fired. And the legend goes to keep everything afloat, to not get shut down so everybody didn't waste their time and also not receive money. Kurt Russell took a lot of the helm of directing a lot of the movie. So a lot of the movie we see was actually directed by Kurt Russell. And so, so did any wait did, wait did that original what? director shoot anything? Was he a part of any of the scenes, or was he let go pre-production? I think he was let go pre-production because they were so far behind schedule. And so what ended up happening was they ended up trimming what you guys thought would be that you know kind of choppy movie, a three-hour movie into a two-hour and ten-minute movie, which on that backstory alone I think turned out pretty impressive. Considering a lot of it was slapped together and rushed, and I mean to trim 40, under, 50, 60 minutes out of it, yeah, I it mean, would kind of make sense why all the the, all the, the loose ends are kind of tied up. 
and the montage. Yeah. yeah, and so... I mean, to be honest, though... Yeah, go ahead. I mean, what I was going to say was a lot of what you're seeing was directed and under the guidance of Kurt Russell. I feel like they could have cut another 20 minutes out, and I wouldn't be upset about it. I mean, yeah, but... Well, so the problem was, I think, was they were tiptoeing the line between... I mean, if, if that story you're telling is, is pretty accurate, then they were kind of tiptoeing, you know, that line of a three-hour epic or a, you know, um, hour-and-a-half, sling-em-up, kind of shoot-em-up kind of Western. Yeah. And, and that kind of obviously showed through. Uh, because the, the, as far as, like, a guy and, you know, testosterone-filled Western of just, you know... I, I don't know. The, the the West in the 1800s were certainly a a man's world, obviously. That was one-liners. Um, just awesome. The one-liners <laughs> were great. I mean, honestly, Wyatt Earp, uh, if I'm not gay already, I'm gay for him. Because Kurt oh. Russell played that so well. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he I was attracted to him throughout the movie just because he's like uh, that badass macho dude. And I don't know if like attract is the word, but kind of like drawn to. Uh, he's got that like... Aura or or personality that just draws you to it, but you know, as far as westerns go, you either got shoot 'em up or you got a story, and I think they kind of tiptoed the line between both, and it kind of makes sense if it was supposed to be a long uh, three-hour kind of thing. Um, but I, I think they wrapped it up pretty well. Did Kurt Russell have any kind of directing experience? I mean, this is <coughs> based off interviews I read through different publications like Rolling Stone, New York Times, and he pretty much just said that he had to rally the troops together because after the director got fired, they were just really scared they were going to get shut down. And I don't think Dang, he had any so directing Kurt experience. Russell is like a real-life Wyatt Earp. Yeah, so he's just jumping in the chair? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he had much, or if any, directing experience before that. So kudos to him. Well, I think he did a good job if he motivated the other actors because I think every performance in this movie is great. Especially uh, Doc Holliday, who is played by uh, Val Kilmer, right? Val Kilmer. Skinny yeah. Val. Yeah. Skinny Val Kilmer. Yeah, this is my first time Val. seeing this movie, and I didn't have like a very high opinion of Val Kilmer, especially based off his Batman career. But I, he has a great performance. He's a good actor. He did a good job. He played. I mean, okay. I think everyone lo- any kind of dude, a dude, dude likes Val Kilmer, <laughs> or excuse me, uh, Doc Holliday, because like he was just like a slick. I don't know. He was slick. He was a slick dude. I, I think the the main four, which were the uh, Earp brothers as well as Holiday, um, they were just like a slick crew, and they were portrayed, or at least their backstories were that they were actually kind of Johnny Law. They they were on the side of the law. They were uh, U.S. Marshals. Um, I don't think Doc Holiday was, but uh, definitely Wyatt Earp was. Um, but so like they weren't like gunslinger cowboys, uh, but they were they were kind of the law. And at the same time, respected and feared. Um, and at the same time, just like badass good people. Um, I mean, wow, during this... I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. <laughs> begrudgingly, begrudgingly a U.S. Marshal. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's. Wait, okay, time out. Since we brought up U.S. Marshal and then we've talked about the montage of uh, Wyatt Earp, Kurt Russell just going on a killing spree, <laughs> it, it, back in the 1800s was like if you're a U.S. Marshal, you could just murder people cold blood and like that was cool. Because like when, when they're like a sheriff, they have to follow the law. But when you're a U.S. marshal, it's like I can shoot you right away. What? What? what I think they, they like declared 
they declared the uh, the cowboys like part? a gang because they all they all had like the red the red scarf like sash thing. Yeah. And that was like their yeah. that was like their think, gang sign, and he was like. In the movie, they're like, cowboys. "Yeah, this is like the first instance of organized crime in America." These cowboys, the original Bloods. Yeah, so they took them all down. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Huh. But still, th- there was there's no like there was no trial. It was like a, it was still like let's get on our horses and go kill all these guys. That's what happens if you kill Wyatt Earp's brother. Trials get thrown out the fucking window. <laughs> I guess. Poor baby bro got shot in the back. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, like, as far as Doc Holliday being, like, a guy's guy, he's dying of tuberculosis the entire movie. He can barely stand. He's just getting wasted all the time, and he's still the quickest draw, quicker than, like, this young Johnny Ringo guy coming up. And, I mean, I don't see, I don't see how you can not like his character, I guess. Um, I want to put the whole love story behind us, so can we get can we get this over with? The one yes. thing I wanted to bring up <laughs> Yeah, let's get is, it over with. They're out of out of nowhere. That random horse riding scene where like they just randomly meet up in the woods and it's like Good super. Christ, that made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Good he's, Christ, he's, right. he says I'm an oak, which to me is like I'm completely erect right now. Is that all he's saying? I'm an oak. I missed that. I, I, I didn't catch that. He says those words. <laughs> and then they start talking about their horses being all horny and stuff. Like, like yeah, I, in, ugh. oh, it's very erotic. Um, the whole the whole story with Wyatt Earp's wife and how she's addicted to opium, like it just seems like a throwaway plot, which makes sense when you think about how it's directed by a couple different people, apparently. But I want to get that out of the way, so air your grievances, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess I feel like the whole part that his wife's addicted to drugs and then she's just this like piece of shit that can be cast aside. Like <laughs> I don't know, maybe he should have paid a little bit more attention to her, like you know. Tried to deal with the problem. I mean, this actually happened. Well, well sure. Yeah, Are you saying the way it was handled? The way that he handled it. I mean, I don't think that a lot of this movie is based in truth, right? Like, no. a surprising uh, amount is. A surprising amount, really? especially the OK Corral scenes, yeah. That's no, these people existed in, like, their, like, stories existed. Who they were and what they did. Like, if they were a marshal or a cowboy. But I don't think any of the other stuff, like yeah, I, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, a, a lot, lot of this it's is historically true, based. What do you mean true? Based off um, uh, um, newspaper articles, letters written, uh, photos taken. No, no, no. Like, like what scenes are? What's the, like, what do you mean? Like what scenes are true or whatnot? So like the three Earp brothers actually came into the OK Corral and became the lost. Yeah. That's yes, true. Yeah, yeah. That okay. is true. And that, they that fought. Scene, they fought the Cowboys gang that too. That scene That's where true. they stood off and drew by the photo, like the the photography shop. A lot of that is true, except for Ike Clanton. Be, uh, Ike, uh, not Clanton. Yeah, was it Ike uh, Clanton? Yeah. Yeah. Besides for Ike Clanton being involved, a lot of that is true. And Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp are really buddies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Even That's like true. even like the end, which I'm sure we'll get to, like the Johnny Ringo character was left with like a single bullet hole in his head. And there's basically like three theories. Um, one is that he committed suicide, which everyone thinks is the most likely. Uh, the second is that uh, wider black like, ambushed him and like shot him once in the head. And that was it. And then the other is that doc holiday actually snuck up there and like shot him. Like he got out of his deathbed and like, those are like in rank order of what is most likely, mm-hmm. but they kind of addressed all those because like also Johnny Ringo had in real life had one bullet out of his chamber. Um, and so like in the movie, he shoots one bullet like into the ground as he's like falling over. So it's all kind oh, of cool. 
yeah and it's like isolated mm. so no one no one really knew what happened and it's kind of i mean obviously there's an ending in the movie that's more satisfying than that but in like in real life no one's completely sure well that's awesome um, including the scene at the creek where he was screaming no and he shot yeah um, what's his i face? knew that Powers, i knew that was bad true. that's that's badass. Extremely yeah. Curly Bill. Curly Bill. That's really historically accurate. Well, there was no Glenwood Springs uh, Sanatorium um, <laughs> here in Colorado when Doc. Ho- no, there wasn't when Doc Holliday was sick. That wasn't established yet. Before, like, after he died, was that in sanatorium or excuse me, sanatorium um, opened? The Vin That's Sanatorium. Fact. Rick Santorum. Vince Sanatorium. <laughs> the Rick Santorum wasn't open. Also, what is this? What is this sanatorium? <laughs> what is it? I don't know. I think it sounds like a clean place to pull out people's bullet wounds. Like but, sanitary. It's yeah. like a hospital. It's like yeah, a hospital, but for people that are going to die. I guess getting back to the women super quick. Yeah. So I guess that could have been accurate, but at the same time, it's like either get into this plot or don't like i don't know like you didn't need this whole other side plot of his yeah. extramarital love affair like they made his wife a super unsympathetic character either way even if that was true like you don't have any feelings for her, and she's just distant and cold the whole movie and like well like okay you, you say unsympathetic you're rooting for him to have an affair i guess which isn't <laughs> kind of well hold on you say she's like distance and distant and cold but like the, the scenes where the cowboys are kind of like first making their ambush on Tombstone Town in Arizona, they, the, the, the other wives, so like the other Earp brothers, their wives are kind of clinging to them and like hugging them and like consoling them, I suppose, like of like the grief that's happening right in front of them. But mm-hmm. like she's kind of standing in the distance. But you can also see Josephine. So when that one guy dies on the billiard table and he runs out in the pouring rain and he's covered in blood um josephine's like comes out yelling for him and then his wife is standing right there and like i don't know if you can hate his wife for it i mean yeah she was addicted to opium but at the same time like how's that different from you know housewives uh drinking wine today like i don't think it's any kind of different than that uh other than that was just the drug at the time to like to indulge on but like she i don't think she was a hated character i think or like uh like i don't think it was unrealistic i think why erp portrayed in this movie was kind of a shitty husband as well uh, yeah. in the sense that like okay she didn't once try to help her the one line he said was she'd be careful with that shit or something like that like you should be careful with that stuff that was like the one thing he said about that and otherwise like she was kind of around the whole time but she saw that josephine the actress that came into town was uh, flirting with him and whatnot so like she was aware that 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 uh, she was kind of competing for her husband's love when she, when she was the wife. Mm-hmm. And early know. in the early in the first act, he's like projecting what his soon-to-be mistress wants on her. Like, hey, don't you want to go get room service and leave this town? Oh, like, yeah, that was really. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And she was like, what? Know. What are you talking about? Yeah. What do you think yeah. about the love story, Stevie? I mean, we just trashed it for ten minutes, so. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the weakest part of the film. Um, this is a pretty <laughs> testosterone-filled movie. And oh yeah, I mean, I I just wish it could have stuck to like purely just a western and kind of left the women out of it. Because I mean, <laughs> where they belong. Yeah, I, oh. I, I mean, not completely out of it, but just they didn't need to drag on that whole affair thing, and I, don't know, I just didn't really connect with the movie well. And I really yeah, wish, 
that Jay just, I, I guess, kept it more about, you know, Johnny Ringo, Curly Bill, and Ike Clanton, as well as the Earp Brothers and Doc Holliday. And one other thing, too, all jokes aside, like, I wish there would have been a stronger female character who wasn't trying to seduce a married man. And also, the way that they portrayed Asians was really <laughs> kind of sketchy, too. Like, I feel like they the treated minorities pretty... Yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> completely one-dimensional uh, opium heads. Like, <laughs> minorities are not well. Whoa, well, hold on. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't think they portrayed them that terribly. Watch the movie Deadwood. I think, if anything, they portrayed... The I'm at the show, Deadwood. Okay. Yeah, but, like, if you think about it, America as a country was never really fair to, I, I think, the people of Orient. I don't, I don't know what the uh, PC <laughs> part of that is. Asian? But, uh, <laughs> Asian people? But China, Chinese, I suppose. Because, like, first of all, I think that's probably pretty accurate. And, and like, the people that run opium dens, dens aren't necessarily whacked out of their mind on opium. Um, which, if you know anything about opium, it just makes you very, very, very it's like basically heroin. So it just, mm. like, you know, knocks you out. But, like, for them to run that, they can't be smoking it. So I think they're more so profiting off of cowboys. Um, but just going off of, like, PC or race card or just talking about that, I didn't remember seeing one Native American, Indian, whatever you want to call them, whatever they uh, call themselves. We, what this we call ourselves. <laughs> but was there not one Native American? Or, uh, I recall. But American maybe. Indian? or I think it's American Indian. I've looked this up before. I think it's American it, Indian. Native American Indian. One? Yeah. Was there whatever. any? I don't know. But, like, Were there any, though? For real? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't remember. Not that I remember. That was pretty strange because there's... there. I mean, at that time, there definitely was. But it didn't really tie into the story because it was the Cowboys versus Law. So maybe... It just didn't play into, like them versus us or whatever but i, don't I know. mean it could have been part of the hour plus that got cut out of the movie as well got cut. Yeah. yeah and yeah it comes to like the heart of all of our criticism is it kind of gets caught in center court it's not like a shoot 'em up western but it doesn't flush out <laughs> the realistic parts enough to be a great sweeping epic yeah yeah can we can we also go over who your least favorite character is outside of the women because if I if I have to, well, I don't even know who to hate. Them. I've watched this movie a bunch of times, and Ike Clanton is the biggest pussy of all time. He runs away from every single fight, and then at the end when they're yeah, taking, he does. He just like throws his throws his sash away, and like, nope, I'm done with this because they because you already killed all my friends. Like, he's a huge pussy. I mean, I would have to agree. Is Ike Clanton then the uh, the guy that looks like he has like a really dirty face? I don't all know the how time. To... <laughs> yeah. well, he kind of looks stupid is that the one where uh, why Earp had the gun to his forehead yeah 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 in the beginning yeah I yeah, think that he said he turned his head into a canoe <laughs> <laughs> that's that's verbatim yeah take a bath no yeah I would have to agree with you Jordan um, yeah he was always running away from the fight he was always like tossing his gun even in the uh, first shootout when uh, uh, the Earp brothers as well as Doc Holliday are wearing those badass iconic like all black preacher suits walking downtown, like just looking badass in formation, almost like uh, reservoir dogs, like walking in the line. Yeah. And then, uh, meet up with them. And then, like, 
he's like, oh, no, no, no. And then he jumps into, like, the uh, photography place. And then he's like, you have a gun. And he starts shooting out the window. Like, he's such a fucking, like, uh, I don't know what you'd call that. Just an asshole. Like a, <laughs> just a, a, I don't know. That's funny that you say Reservoir Dogs, because when uh, Wyatt is holding his dying brother, that kind of reminded me of the scene where uh, in Reservoir Dogs, I'm going to fuck up the colors, Mr. White is holding Mr. Mr. Orange. Orange, yeah. You know, and they're, I got shot, Larry! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but wasn't he the actual cop? Yeah, but I mean, it kind of reminded me of that, though, that that, uh, holding the guy who's passing away, the the bloody, when it's a super testosterone-filled movie, but you have this moment of, I don't know if you call it, intimacy or love between two men that you can only pull off if one's dying i thought that was pretty cool and i thought reservoir dogs when i saw that yeah but i guess my least favorite character would probably have to be the i think he was the mayor of the oh, town yeah mayor he was just sheriff. Big, he was just a oh, big no. weasel and he, yeah and he wouldn't get involved he kept trying to get the Ert brothers involved like he was just a, a big weasel that's the only way to describe him he was the one that was dating uh or not yeah dating josephine yeah, mm-hmm. at, at one point he, the way he, even, he knows he knows that they're about to ambush the brothers, and like he doesn't warn them. He just like tells the girl like, "I'm gonna be the man in charge after tonight." He is a weasel. What a bad dude. <laughs> How awesome was that stare down though? And he's like, "Okay, all of you are under arrest." And like Kurt Russell just like slowly approaches him and just gives him he's that like, look of, we? "I'm gonna murder you in like six seconds." That was pretty great. Like, that was, was a great. Like, Try to arrest us. <laughs> I don't think we're getting arrested today. <laughs> I want to go back to the U.S. Marshal thing. And maybe I should just look it up right now. And I'm just going to do a quick Google search. But I, I forget what other movie I was watching. That's a Western. Um, but I feel like back in the 1800s, U.S. Marshals, because a lot of this territory was U.S. territory, but they weren't states. So it was kind of, yeah. in a sense, wild, wild west. There, Arizona territory, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, like, I think a U.S. Marshal had the authority to kill anybody. Or just, From like, what I know about Red Dead Redemption, that sounds about true. Because if you yeah. go five stars, <laughs> then the Marshals show up and you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't even know. Because U.S. Marshals exist today. Um, I really don't know their, I guess, reason. But, uh, yeah, okay, so on the Wikipedia page... Just the first paragraph that I saw was U.S. Marshals. Oh, now I'm loading. Oh, crap. Oh, God. Crap. Buffering. Buffering. <laughs> <laughs> Rendering. Buffering. Um, <laughs> well, it, okay, never mind. But it, I, I lost it, so I'll need to find it before I say anything again. But, yeah, I think they were able to, like, bypass due process in a sense because they were covering territories and they could just, like, shoot anybody that's what like doc holiday was like like what's it like to wear that badge because i think you're almost above the law in the sense if someone's wanted or you know like so the the cowboy gang well the town of the tombstone Red... was also under cowboy law at that point yeah so i don't think they really cared like what the marshals really did good point but there was no marshals there right but what i'm There's saying is one... i don't think i don't think the people of the town cared like what the Earp yeah. Brothers did, because it was under cowboy law. Yeah. Well, yeah, when the Earp Brothers tried to come in there and establish law, like, due process, and he'll have to see a judge, I feel like uh, they're almost mocked. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, there's actually a scene where they took the guns from, uh, I forget the guy that was always in the red shirt. Curly Bill, man. Mm-hmm. Curly Bill, yeah. So he left the opium den and, den and went on a shooting spree. He was just shooting bullets up in the sky. and like <laughs> I'm shooting the moon, Rand. <laughs> yeah and like uh I, I think he was arrested no and then he shot the uh not the sheriff but the he was the marshal at the time yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah town marshal i don't think he was a u.s marshal i think he was a town marshal maybe he's a u.s marshal but he shot him and he was like no witness no crime or something like that like no witness no murder and it was he got off. Like, he got off though on that same clause. Yeah, he got right? scot free yeah. or scotch free. Or the espre- expression yeah, is scot free. The dawn scot-free. of time. From the dawn of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that until it becomes something. <laughs> Wikipedia. Wikipedia says that during the settlement of the American frontier, marshals served as the main source of day-to-day law enforcement in areas that had no local government of their own. They were wow. instrumental in keeping law and order in the old west era. Rules. H four. In in the Wikipedia article, it cites the the gunfight at the OK Corral with yeah. U.S. Marshal <laughs> Virgil Earp and his brothers Morgan and Wyatt. Wow! Cool. And and Special Deputy U.S. Marshal Doc Holliday. <laughs> so a special deputy. Can we at least like can we at least mention that Sam Elliott hasn't aged in probably seventy seven years? Oh god! I think the man's one hundred and seventy five, and he's looked the same for the every movie I've ever seen him in. He's this is like the icon. most acting chops I've seen him show too. Yeah, I feel like usually it's kind of like okay, a well, okay. Uh, not to plug niche. bad shows, but Netflix has an original called uh, what's it called? The Ranch. It's just bad. And it's, it's with Ashton Kutcher. Oh, it's bad, man. <laughs> it's with Ashton Kutcher, and it's with. Uh, it's also with. Um, shoot, I forget his actual name, but Danny he's Hyde. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's 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 not terrible. I watched the entire season. It's not <laughs> no, terrible. It's like I watched, watched the entire it. thing. I watched yeah, but 20 minutes good. and turned it off. Haven't been back since. Well, you know what? Some people are more stubborn than you. <laughs> 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 but but Sam, just going off that, I mean, this is this movie, uh, Tombstones, 1993. We're in 2016. Um, or 2015, I think, is when The Ranch first came out. Maybe. Maybe 2016. Uh, but what's the math on that? At least 20 years... And he looks the exact same. That was my point. From Tombstone to Lebowski exact- to the ranch, same guy. Well, I'm only like two years. What's that? Lebowski's ninety-five, right? I, I mean, Lebowski's ninety-five. I thought it was later. Might be. I don't think you can make Tombstone without. Um, it's ninety-eight. Lebowski's ninety-eight. Sorry. Without. Uh, <laughs> Sam Elliott, I mean, he looks like he walked off, like, Tombstone itself. Like, he looks like he just belongs there. Like, apparently, according to IMDb, these, those, like, everybody had to grow their mustache, and they were authentic mustaches. I just think Sam That's Elliott awesome. showed up on set with his own mustache. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm ready to party. They're like, you need to grow a mustache. He's like, what do you mean? What do you Look mean, at this? grow a yeah. mustache? <laughs> Honestly, I want to see him in more, uh, more westerns. Although, he is in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. One of my favorite westerns. That's his debut in 1969. That was his first movie? Oof, man. What a debut. Yeah. More Paul Newman. Paul Newman. (laughs) Who doesn't love Paul Newman? And Robert Redford as the Sundance Kid. Paul Newman as Butch Cassidy. So you brought up that all the mustaches in the movie were real, which I was, my mind was blown because they are 
fucking caterpillars up there. Um, awesome. Yeah. I'd read. I I had read that the. You plug a toilet. Things. <laughs> <laughs> they went to like huge efforts to make the like to make it as authentic as possible like the the costumes that they were wearing were all like time like time appropriate so like they were wearing like big ass like wool jackets and stuff (laughs) and at at one point uh val kilmer even said like yeah i know why doc holiday was just gunning down everybody he was sweating his ass off and he was pissed and like that's why he was so mad um (laughs) So like, how did you how did you feel about how it was shot? Uh, the other thing was that they made they tried to make Tombstone um, look like a like a bigger town than just like a normal set would would. So they actually shot it in two different towns. So they kind of had like different cool. perspectives, and you didn't see a lot of the same places twice. That was one of yeah, my really favorite. That, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I believe that it was shot in two different towns because I would agree that I kept saying I kept thinking to myself. Wait, I thought it was just one street of like, but it it always kept looking not different, but like slightly different. And I was like, it doesn't look like there's different streets and like it's like a grid town, but it but the street kept looking different. So I don't know. I was just agreeing with that, or I guess it's fact. So I'm not agreeing with it. I'm <laughs> reiterating, <laughs> accepting it. I don't know. <laughs> what are you gonna say, Stevie? Uh, that was my favorite parts of the whole movie was like the sets and like the town itself or the towns themselves, because I think it was Morgan that made the comment when they first went into town of like how big it was, and also just like how true to like I guess the time the towns themselves looked. So I thought yeah. everything was like I mean even down to like the uh, I want to say costumes, but the wardrobe, as Jordan said, was pretty cool. And when they first arrive in a town on the train, there's some gorgeous shots of them reflected in the mirror and them embracing through a door in the train station that like really blew me away off the bat. And I love the scenes in the saloons. I thought the attention to detail there was awesome. And those were some of my favorite scenes. And even like I'm not a big fan of like a play within a movie or a you know, a movie within a movie, but like the scenes in the opera house, I guess you would call it. I thought those were pretty cool too, yeah. with the rowdy crowd, you know. Well, how awesome it was that after a great performance, the cowboys just shot their pistols <laughs> off. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was like a beautiful, like, uh, what do you call it? A venue. And the venue's not the word, but there's fucking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like Yosemite Sam watching Bugs Bunny perform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Does anyone know so, what St. Crispin's Day is? Because, like, the, the speech that Billy Zane delivers, I don't know what his name is in the movie. But Billy Zane is up there with that speech, and the Cowboys all go nuts after it. And what is that? Like, I don't know what that speech is. It was from no uh, Henry VIII, I think he said. Right? I have no idea, but I don't, I've never even read that play. But I think that's what I remember, yeah. They loved it well, so much. Shout out to Tombstone, Arizona. It's actually still a town population of 1,300. Uh, I wonder how much of their economy is based on tourism. Honestly, I bet it's still a mining town. That would be my guess. Is it close I, to any like, big cities? Um, I'll give a better search than just tombstone population. Let's see, but we're googling shit, so you don't have to. <laughs> exactly. We got you. Don't worry, don't listeners. Worry. <laughs> <laughs> But it has a lot of tourism, though, as well. But, I mean, there's a lot of ghost towns out west. So it's uh, it looks like it's going to be at least, and I'm just guessing off looking on Google Maps, probably like 20, 
or so miles uh, uh, southeast of Tucson, um, which Tucson is uh, probably two hours south of Phoenix, southeast of Phoenix. So it's it's almost right on that border of Mexico, um, right off Highway 10. I'm so, sure they lean yeah. into it hard because even like when you fly into the Tucson airport, there's big signs for like, visit old Tucson with cowboys and all that stuff going on. So oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> cool though. I wouldn't so, mind making a stop out there. Out of all How the- crazy is Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, out of all the testosterone, like machismo, shoot 'em up parts, what were your guys's like favorite parts? Like especially like the gun battles. Mm, I like the one with the. Or if you had to name like a favorite. What was part. the one with the sexy guy from Sideways? Uh, Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> you mean the one where the they last... just were kind of like all walked like four and four? Yeah, and like none of it would have happened if Doc Holliday wouldn't have suggestively winked at him. And kind of, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah. And, and then Wyatt Earps was like, "Oh, Wyatt god Earps damn it, Doc. He's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, like well, yeah, you he did, son of a he bitch. He did the "Oh my god" because I don't think he was expecting a giant gunfight, and then guns just went out, <laughs> went out of blazing. I think that was a climax. Got out though. the peacemaker. <laughs> yes, <laughs> labeled peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about the montage and there were certainly montages going I thought it was really cool why Earp pulled this freaking sweet move he's galloping on a horse and he pulls off he, he, he slides off the side of the horse so he's on like he, he, he has like one let's call it hooked on the back of the horse and he's like hanging off the side like and shooting around the neck so he's like his body's completely covered and he's shooting the other way. So, like, he's using the horse as, like, a horse shield. And he's, like, hanging off the side and shooting. And I thought that was so badass. And it reminded me of um, the – it's either NES or, or the SNES, the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System or the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Sunset uh, Sun- Riders. Sunset Riders. Yeah, it reminded me of that, like, hanging off the side shooting. Um, but he, he pulled a badass. Oh. That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, say, oh. Sorry, I cut out there for a second. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of the montage at the end. I've always kind of hated that part of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially because, like, it, there's cool, certain points where... I mean, it's awesome, but there's also parts when they're just, like, they're literally just riding through the desert shooting, like, off screen. And, like, you, like, it's just, like, <laughs> yeah. dust and, like, the sun behind them. And, like, that's pretty lame. Um it's not but, shot well, but it's like cool for like if you're like uh, on a testosterone kick. Yeah, I mean it's it's a early '90s montage. Like, what what else do you expect? I mean, I thought it was was pretty cool. What kicked off the montage is when uh, Kurt Russell Wyatt Earp is at the train station screaming, "You tell him I'm coming. I'm bringing hell with me." And then it's just endless oh, montages yeah. after that. That was my favorite. Yeah, I, I love chat. that scene, and it's like yeah. a zoom up of a, of his face. And he has that angry Kurt Russell look. I love that scene. Kurt Russell, what a heartthrob, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that was and that your then, favorite uh, part, Stevie? Of the whole movie? Yeah. Um, favorite part of the whole movie, either that, or when everybody's walking behind the photography shop to kind of square off, and Kurt Russell gets that uh, sudden realization that guns are about to start flying. <laughs> And he's like, oh, my God. And then <laughs> Doc Holliday shooting people left and right. 
Um, I feel like a lot of bullets were fired there and didn't hit a lot of people. I feel like for six shooters, it was endless bullets throughout <laughs> much of that scene. Well, hold on, hold on, hold no on. Reloading. I want to actually go off that point because I think this is almost one of the only accurate films where there's shootouts and the accuracy. Shooting like a six-shooter revolver are the most fucking unaccurate guns possible. And if any gun expert is listening, please prove me wrong, but you won't. Those are not accurate guns. So like on, uh, on the... Sh- on the shootouts, when they're just freaking unloading bullets left and right, <laughs> and, like, only one person gets hit in, like, the calf. Like, the, I would feel like that's probably semi-accurate. Um, well, especially also, the way that, that they, like, they, like, slap down on the on the, like, the the thing in the back to, like, reload faster or whatever, you know? Like, there's, like, shooting from the hip almost. Like, it's impossible. Yeah. To yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it, unless you're at a, a, a gun range... You line it up, and you take your time, and you take a deep breath. <laughs> like, no. Like, in, in a real gun shootout with a six shooter, good fucking luck hitting a barn. Especially like, good luck. Adrenaline running through you. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, so I yeah, thought it was, like, like, a decently accurate shooting accuracy, I suppose. And, se- and setting accuracy. it up to be, like, factually accurate makes the whole Wyatt Earp screaming no scene believable. Because otherwise, in other movies, he should have been pegged right between the eyes. But yeah, it makes yeah. sense. That it's really hard to shoot those fuckers. Yeah, yeah. But also, I was trying to count bullets because, like, that's one of my big things. And me and my brother always do that for movies because, you know, magazines usually don't hold seven hundred and seventy-five bullets like these modern-day movies <laughs> presumably show that they do. So I was trying to count bullets, and I was trying to count like see if it's accurate. Um, I don't know if it was just if it was this uh, Colorado high air or what, but uh, I. I lost count but uh i think it was somewhat accurate <laughs> well at one point doc holiday runs out of bullets and like the gun in his right hand and then blasts the guy with the gun in his left hand right yeah so. dude doc holiday so good he's so that's got to be val kilmer's best role i think of movies i've seen val kilmer in yeah i'd say this is probably his best movie or best like role yeah he's uh his, his number one film on IMDb is Heat, then Heat's Batman Forever. Really good no, movie. Yeah, that's Pacino too, right? Pacino, mm-hmm. De Niro, no, De Niro. De Niro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's in Top Gun. I forgot that. Oh, yeah. And oh, don't forget man. The Doors where he played an amazing Jim Morrison. Really? What? Is that a good movie? Like, Dude. actually an amazing? Yeah, like, uh, people have, like... <laughs> Um, like band members of the Doors, they had the director um, had them listen to Jim Morrison and Val Kilmer, and they picked Val Kilmer as who they thought Jim Morrison was like actually singing. But Jim Morrison's kind of a douchebag, though, right? Hey, R. Jim Morrison, R. if you want to the uh, podcast, <laughs> R.I.P. On in. R.I.P. at twenty-seven, that uh, magic number. Anyways, uh, um, wait, I just yeah. I had a point and I lost it. What was I going to say? Oh, <laughs> uh, Val Kilmer was the Sherpa. Do you guys watch Entourage? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the Sherpa that uh, Vinny and the boys bought their weed from where they went to like this like LA compound and like they were like sitting around smoking and they bought it from like, uh, it was one of Vinny's, uh, he was banging some hot chick. He's like, and, the, and uh, Turtle was always the weed guy. And Turtle's like, man, the town's dry. I can't get weed anywhere. And then the guy, the chick that, uh, 
banging. It was like, don't worry, I got a guy. Uh, and they went to this like house that had like llamas and bullshit in it. The Sherpa was uh, fucking Val Kilmer. Was he, was he fat then or skinny then? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I do not remember that scene at all. I remember all. the Sherpa being fat. In this. <laughs> That's when Val going on his downslope. Dude, I, Doc Holliday, he's a, right now he's a good 30 pounds heavier than Doc Holliday. <laughs> Maybe 50. 30 pounds. A good, yeah, a good 30 pounds, like in his best. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Val Kilmer. He's like, he's like, uh, podcast. <laughs> Val Kilmer, if you, yeah, if you'd ever like to be on our you podcast. Also my favorite line of the movie when um, Thomas Hayden Church's character, I think was pointing at. Wyatt Earp and he and Doc kind of came up behind him and had guns on him and he made the comment he's like he's like you're so drunk you're probably seeing two of me and then he whipped out <laughs> two guns and he's like I got two guns one for both of you that was great one for both of you <laughs> I loved how he had a uh, Frank Underwood southern accent <laughs> like I or like uh, <laughs> it's like southern east coast accent I fucking loved it <laughs> big time Frank Underwood <laughs> I just googled Doc Holiday quotes because I fucking love Doc. Holiday. Oh Jesus! The, the picture. <laughs> <perfect. laughs> you know who should have had on the podcast for this episode? Google Fat Val Kilmer. If you want to laugh right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's so bad. <laughs> Looks like John Travolta. Gee, no, that is Photoshop, <laughs> Jordan. No. Okay, so for our, lis- for our listeners, that, that's what we're laughing at. El Largo Jordan. and Charjo. No. <laughs> It looks like uh, it looks like uh, holy shit! Looks like uh, um, looks like he ate uh, Wyatt Earp. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Yeah, yeah. <coughs> He's there's no way that's that's got to be photoshopped. Dude, Sam Elliott's still found, the same way. I just found a, a bigger oh, photo of the same thing. I'm analyzing, and it looks like him. Coming your uh, way. I wonder if he refuses to watch Top Gun now just because, like, that shirtless beach scene where he has, like, a 12-pack. Mm. He's like, I will never be that <laughs> I will never be this small again. <laughs> it looks like Alec Baldwin ate Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Dude, he kind of looks like Baldwin, doesn't he? A little bit, yeah. Not a yeah. good one. Not a good one, <laughs> Baldwin. Like the, the fifth like, uh, brother. Baldwin, uh, usual suspect that we just did. <laughs> Stevie Baldwin. Oh, Stevie. <laughs> Hey, um, if you want to podcast, I know you're not doing anything. <laughs> you got free time. Google that, though. <laughs> God. Um, should we uh, go around, I guess, give it a yes or a no? I'd, okay, I'm not okay. sure if I... I mean, Pappy yeah, hated Pappy's the movie. Yeah, a big I'm question sure, mark. But, yeah, he, a question mark, exactly. So let's go around. Saying, will this thing end? Will this thing end? Yeah. <laughs> Vince, what do you think? Yes, definitely. I, I It's... I, for a long time, I kept telling you guys, I don't think I've ever seen this before. And then I, when I rewatched it last night, uh, yeah, I've seen it a lot. I love it. I mean, it, it's it's not great um, as far as like script goes, uh, but if you're a dude and you like westerns or just anything set in the West, uh, absolutely. But yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, it was really fun to revisit this. I remember watching a lot as a kid. I think that's why I didn't remember uh, watching it um, when you guys were asking, like, have you seen it before? 
Um, but uh, no, it's fantastic. And as far as like uh, getting that, uh, you know, testosterone going, uh, this will definitely do it. Yes. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous you're going to say no after all those compliments. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, Western is my favorite genre of film, and this is my favorite Western. Uh, very, as Vince was saying, very testosterone filled, not the tightest script and has a lot of montages. But it makes up for it in so many other ways is the acting, three main villains, the three or the four uh, main go- our heroes. Uh, the dialogue, especially with Doc Holliday, is really sharp, and there's a lot of one-liners to make you laugh. And mm-hmm. sets and wardrobe are pretty nailed down, pretty awesome as well. So I, this is a definite yes for me, and I was very excited when Jordan picked this. Apparently, I forced him to pick it, but Jordan picked it. You didn't okay. force me. There was there was a chant. <laughs> there was a chant. That's small that's chant, true. but I absolutely love this movie. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it now. Oh, Stevie, I forgot to bring it up, dude. You br- you brought up earlier today um, about how Johnny Ringo is like the like he's the Joker, man. Like they even have that like defining scene where Doc is like. He, he needs revenge, and they're like, revenge for what? Being born. And, like, that's, like, the same freaking scene from Dark Knight where he's, like, just want to see the world burn, like, that sort of thing. Yeah, he's the same character. Doc and Johnny Ringo are pretty much, you know, opposite sides in the same coin. So their interplay the whole movie was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It was almost like good versus evil, in a sense. Yeah. Or heads versus tails. Yes versus no. Yeah. Yeah, especially when they were uh, talking to each other in Latin. At the, uh, the that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. The the rivalry between uh, Doc Holliday and or when he's and, like uh, spinning a shot glass, just Ringo. mocking Johnny Ringo the whole time. <laughs> so classic. Oh, that was okay. Yeah, so that's a great classic. For our listeners that haven't seen the movie, um, John Ringo comes into like the saloon that uh, is recently like uh, I don't know not let's call it managed by like the Earp brothers and doc holiday. They're kind of like running the show now. And, and, but the Cowboys are still like the law in a sense. And he comes in and he whips out his pistol. And he does all these kind of like crazy pistol things with his finger, spins it around, and like slides into his holster. Everybody's Looks like a him on. Everyone claps, goes crazy. Doc holiday drunk off his ass, just took <laughs> a shot of whiskey and he starts spinning. Like, so the, the shot that he's drinking, think of like uh, what you would pour creamer into your coffee at a nice, uh, breakfast, um, like one of those little like Great ladle things, yes. like a like a, a like cup. a a, <laughs> on, a tin cup, if you will. He starts spinning, his, if you will, the same way that uh, Ringo is doing it, just drunk as hell, and then like fake holsters it. It was it, it was actually funny. It was funny to watch, and then the uh, the crowd in the movie went wild. But that that was funny. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's like a it's like an old west and one mixtape, man. Professor. <laughs> 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 Quit holding him! Quit holding him! <laughs> oh baby! Oh baby! <laughs> Still make those like and one mixtape volume thirty seven. It's like uh, now that's what I call music or whatever. What, what Kids, Bob. Kids Bob. Kids <laughs> Bob. Kids Bob ninety nine. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought this movie was about as good as a Kids Bob CD. It's gonna be a no for me. <laughs> I know. It's not even the it's not the best western I've ever seen. It's not even the best Kurt Russell western I've ever seen. That's Bone Tomahawk, and it's sad because. Well, it's, well can we also say he's kind of a horror movie? Has so man. many great parts. He has so many great parts, 
but it just doesn't hold up as a complete film. Like if you're, I guess if you're on a plane and you've got two hours and ten minutes to kill, fine. <laughs> but I mean, by the end, I was dying, and I was not entertained at all with the last third of the movie. And for that reason, that's got to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> Randy Jackson Abby, shoot, with the with Abby the contrarian shoots it down. <laughs> Sorry. Not a good film. Not a solid film. <laughs> um, I mean, it probably goes without saying, but I'm a definite yes. I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Um, both TV edited versions, which I think actually might be a good thing for this movie because they cut down yeah, on it probably something. Yeah, a lot of time on Yeah, it does. And yeah. it makes hurt. it a little bit more bearable. Um, but a definite yes. I love the one-liners. I'm your Huckleberry. Daisy, if you do... Uh, I'm it's, your Huckleberry. It's one of my favorite westerns. I'm not sure if it's the best one, but um, it's a good one. Um, any final thoughts before trivia? Uh, Money well, okay, Mike so also texted us and said he is a yes for the movie as well. For we the rest. one vote, four one vote. Um, one thing. Uh, the what was the quote? Okay, so a shave um, out on like a uh, patio or porch, if you will, of one of these. Proceed, Baba, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, proceed, Baba, sir. Or no, it's uh, Barbara, proceed, sir. But before that, when he calls out the other guy, what does he say? Because that was one of my favorite one-liners, but I, I don't know how I can call it my favorite without remembering it. He, like, openly insults Ringo. And Ringo, Ringo R- like, too scared to, like, do something at that time. Well, Ringo's wasted because it's like, a, they're, like, one of their gang members just died. And he's, like trying to get Wyatt Earp to fight him in the street. And he's like, don't you want to play for blood or something like that? And he comes out of his barber's chair, um, Doc Holliday does. And he's like, he says, he says, I'm your Huckleberry, which is like, I'm your guy or whatever. And then the the other cowboys come and save drunk Johnny Ringo. But no, he also says, is it just I'm your Huckleberry? Because I thought he said something else. Like, I'm the man for the job or I'm going to put you in the grave. There's like two ways of looking at that phrase. Well, no, for sure. I, I, I know he said that, but I thought there was something else he said that was almost like, try me. Like, I'm um, your dingleberry. <laughs> at, at one point, he also said, like, playing for blood's just my game or something like that. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Maybe I just, maybe it's just the Huckleberry. But I thought there was something else that he said that was kind of like, try me. You about to be a dead man, kind of thing. Well, but, he did I mean, ask I, Ike Clanton to a spelling contest, which made me laugh the hardest <laughs> out of the whole movie. I know, let's have a spelling contest. <laughs> that was I good. Mean, that was good. I, th- I think it's great because Doc Halliday is dying from tuberculosis the entire movie, and like he doesn't give a shit if he dies or not. Like he's ready to he's go got out. Nothing to lose. Yeah. yeah, like he's ready to go out guns a blazing. I think that's wait, 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 wait. I guess I have to bring up what happened to that girl he was with. The first sixty minutes, because she just Good disappeared question. for the last sixty minutes. Doesn't matter. A solid it question. It doesn't matter. But what happened? Because like he sent her away. She was like an inch. Okay, that might have happened. I think he sent her away because he didn't want her, like he didn't want her to be around like with all that going on, especially like along with his tuberculosis as well. Well, yeah, when he was starting to cough blood and like yeah. he, he knew he's probably start dying. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Kurt Russell was in the Hateful Eight, Quentin Tarantino's new film. I think we should mention that because I think we all love, uh, or at least I love the Hateful Eight. I know Stevie's I favorite love director the Eight. is QT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quentin like Tarantino. This, you, maybe. If you like to do a podcast with like, you know, dozens of listeners, 
Um, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> Kurt Russell, Quentin Tarantino, and Val Kilmer. Let's get you guys together. And let's. <laughs> there, there's li- literally dozens of us. Um, dozens. Uh... <laughs> but Goodness. yeah, he was in that. And uh, I forgot until watching this movie. I was like, holy cow, yeah. He's still a good actor. Um, but uh, Does he bring the Peacemaker? I haven't seen that movie yet. Oh, you'd like it. Like it. Yeah. That's a three-hour movie that's worth three hours, actually. And a true epic. Easily worth three hours. I would say a true, yeah. And it's well, funny because, like, the first... It's more of a bottle piece in an epic, though. It takes place basically in one setting. Oh, yeah. the last hour and a half, to, or hour and 45 minutes, or what's the math? Hour and a half does. I think it's hour and a half. Yeah. 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 Science. Trivia? Westerns. Yeah, that's <laughs> trivia. trivia is titled "It's not revenge he's after; it's the reckoning." Whoa. So, Whoa. <laughs> um, towards the end of the movie, uh, we've kind of touched on it a few times, but the the boys go on what is dubbed the Erp Vendetta ride montage. Montage. Um, not, not necessarily factually correct, but in the movie, how many cowboys are killed during this montage? Uh, we're oh. gonna go. We're gonna go just closest to no prices right today. Um, so how many how many cowboys are killed in the montage? Um, any takers? Oh, well, closest to closest to. Wow. Okay, do you mean cowboys? Excuse me, in general, or just during the montage? During the montage. That last montage, right? Like when it, right after he says, "Like tell him I'm coming, hell's coming with me." Oh man, I'm gonna say sixteen. Seventeen. About fifteen. Which pappy? Fifteen. I was gonna say sixteen too. Damn it! <laughs> I really was. So game. So game theory, I basically like a win with seventeen. Because I know it's more than that. Are you a game theorist? I am. I'm a so. Steve, you said 16? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was less than 14 or less, so it's I'm going to say 17. 27. So. Holy oh, shit! Oof. They That's took out quite a fucking... few cowboys. Wow. Dropping. Fucking gang. Um, so Vince, winner, winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. That means I get to ch- pick the next film. I'm excited. Um... Are we doing the horror so theme in August- October or are you just branching out? Should I pick a Halloween-themed film or should I pick uh, my own film? Because it's not October yet, so we got a good 60 days before Halloween. So should I pick just probably- a normal film? Your call, man. We can probably sneak a uh, couple more in before October. Yeah. So I, for our listeners, um, I don't know if we've tweeted this or not, but we try to, we're try to. we going to try to get a couple... Uh, scary halloween kind of type films in for the october month just to uh get in the uh, spirit yeah, yeah in the spirit Ooh. cool well i think this is my third hosting uh this this upcoming one after winning this and uh i've been on a theme of picking uh 60s movies i've started with breathless jean-luc godard's masterpiece um then i went into um the graduate which did not win Best Picture, but I'll scream it at you if, if you ask me. Um, which was 19... <laughs> 1967 or 1968. Uh, either way, it doesn't matter. I think it's 68. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to do another 60s film. And it's a Stanley Kubrick uh, film. And uh, I'm a big fan of Stanley Kubrick. 
that was an alias of mine for a while. Stan uh, we're Stan Coo. We're going to do Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. Or nice. Woo. We're going to stop worrying and love the bomb made Never in 1964. What? Well, oh, so good. Fantastic movie. I'm so glad you haven't seen it, actually, Stevie, because um, this is going to be an exciting, exciting movie. Pap said no to Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Dr. Like Strangelove is one of my favorites. It's actually a sticker on my MacBook. Wow, how original having stickers on his MacBook. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm excited to do that. Uh, Jordan, great job doing Tombstone. Uh, so great to have you, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, you're, you're a treat. But uh, I'm, I'm going to sign off first uh, since I'm the winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, this is Vince Allen Malhai. Um, go Broncos! The uh, NFL season's coming up. Um, I just want to get a shout-out to the world champions. Uh, yeah, the NFL is only in the United States, but we are the world champions. Uh, I don't know how that works. I'm um, Gold Broncos and uh, and uh, smoke it if you got it. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Pappy recording the last podcast uh, as a Minneapolis uh, resident. And real quick before I sign off, we had an e- we had an email from one of our uh, loyal listeners. Hey gang, I've been listening to Spoilers episodes all week, and boy oh boy is this stuff good! What a great show to listen to back and forth to work. Not to mention at the movie theater. Well, don't do that. But <laughs> and the music is fantastic. I can't get it out of my head. Uh, just listen to documentary now. Can't wait to watch it. Sounds hilarious, even though it's spoiled. Can't wait to get caught up. Uh, well, it was signed anonymous fan with a huge dick. So hopefully, it doesn't sound like any of our moms. But <laughs> damn it, that was my mom. Damn it. <laughs> but yeah. Good job, Jordan, and I had a lot of fun, even though I didn't love the movie. Yeah, thanks. thanks, guys. Also, wanted to uh, give a shout out to the Rutabaga again. Just about everybody that I talked to about the podcast has um, has a the little theme jingle stuck in their head. So you guys um, suck, but you're think professionals is- with our podcast. <laughs> yeah. is <the> song. <laughs> it's good, man. <laughs> yeah, it is good. Great. So yeah, catch you guys later. Absolutely. Well, Stevie, did you sign? I didn't sign off, are. but it sounded kind of natural to let Jordan just to go, so I was just going to kind of I didn't want to be left alone. I didn't want to be left alone. Are we alone. still recording? I mean, we're still recording. Thing yeah, I mean, we are still recording. So I can we're still recording. No one is listening. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, no one's listening this far into the podcast anyway, so I can say anything I want. People have turned off by minute 20. Stevie rants. <laughs> but uh, this was Stevie in Mishawaka. Also, if you want to find us on iTunes, we are the Spoilers with an exclamation point. Our logo looks like a cereal bowl. If you want to contact us through email, we are podcastspoilers at gmail.com. That's podcastspoilers at gmail.com. We are also on the Twitter machine. We are under, uh, what is it, Pap? You know better than I do. Spoilers Podcast Spoilers PDCST. At Spoilers PDCST. And on iTunes, please leave us a review and we'll be happy to read it, good or bad. Or read the, the or leave the other yeah, or leave the other spoilers bad reviews. That helps us just yeah, yeah. fuck those guys. In fuck the name of the guys. good spoilers, there's another spoilers group that has like a black and red logo. Leave them a bad one over. We'll fuck them. them. Yeah. There are yeah. rifles. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Harrington. Steve, dreamy Steve, Steve Harrington. <laughs> He's so let's, dreamy. Let's end this shit. <laughs> yeah. Thanks that was spoilers. Shout out Harambe.
teacher Mark Math Paper.